Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you would like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. Last week, we talked a lot about what wisdom is and what it's not. Well, this week, we continue our journey through Proverbs, and we talk about how a godly pursuit of wisdom ultimately has the goal of living God's way as outlined in the Bible. But unfortunately, life in a sinful world means our path is filled with distractions, deterrence, and delays, and often these roadblocks are even more alluring than annoying. They threaten to derail a godly pursuit of wisdom by encouraging us to settle for less than everything God has planned for us. And because of this, Proverbs tells us to guard our heart above all else because it is the wellspring of life. This week, we're gonna learn what that means how to put it into practice in our lives, and what happens when we don't. Because everything in our lives flows out of what happens in our hearts. The heart is the wellspring of life. But your heart decides it loves. That's what will determine the choices you make in life. If anything but God is the main love of your heart, you'll be a fool. Wisdom comes from having God as the main love of our hearts. And that is going to be the focus of this week's podcast as we go into Proverbs chapter 4. This is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 11 through 27. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it, go on your way, for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My child, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet, and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. This is God's word. I almost didn't write a sermon this week. Seriously. I couldn't stop thinking about the joy of welcoming 21 new members into our church family. The grace of Jesus so powerfully seen in four baptisms this week. The Lord's Supper celebrating a thousand sermons. Couldn't capture the meaning of it all. It's moments like these that can't help but give us pause. 
as we breathe in the deep and uniting love of our God, His love seen in baptism that unites us to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, like it says in Romans 6, 4. His love seen the unity of faith that our divine Savior family shares as we taste heaven in communion. His love truly knows what's best for us. But if we're being honest, as joy-filled as this week is, we celebrate all these incredible gifts of God, as, as life-changing as God's love is, sometimes it doesn't always feel like God's love knows what's best for us. I remember when I was eight years old, I happened to fly through an intersection on my bike as I was going home from the playground. And when my mom saw that, she lovingly pulled me aside to remind me that to be safe, I needed to walk my bike across. And she closed her maternal monologue by saying, I only say this because I want what's best for you. Of course, at the time, my eight-year-old self, and sadly, often still today, I pouted. And I was thinking, Mom, riding dangerously through an intersection, that's fun. That's the best part. How can getting off my bike and slowly walking it through be the best? In my eight-year-old heart, thrill and fun were at the top. Safety and wisdom, not even in the same hemisphere. So in a much bigger way, at our church, we're welcoming... Like you heard earlier, 21 new members of our church family, four new baptized children of God. But no matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter how long you've been a Christian walking with God, see what God wants for you, as he has always wanted for you, is to have the best life ever. Your God wants what's best for you, to live the best life ever, to live in his wisdom. And it all starts with the wellspring of who you are, your heart. What your heart puts first will make or break your life. But before we get there, let's just recap what we talked about last week. So we talked about the path of wisdom, how Proverbs is poetry guiding us through various situations in life. The Proverbs is a pattern. It speaks to the fabric for life, the Lord himself designed. The Proverbs is parental. Your heavenly father doing what he loves the most, sitting down with you, not to harshly lecture, but to gently and confidently guide you through life. And so we define wisdom as knowing what to do, how to do it, and when to do it, guided by grace. Now put simply, according to the Bible, wisdom is grace-given competency to navigate life's complexity. Now we know what true wisdom is according to God's word. We know we only gain that wisdom through God revealing it to us purely by his grace through his word. But how do we become wise? Now that's where Proverbs 4 comes in. In fact, Proverbs 4 is really the life story of the Christian. How does our walking on the path of wisdom start? It all starts with God. Look at Proverbs 4.11. I instruct you in the way of wisdom, and I lead you along straight paths. The journey to become wise is really the journey to become more and more like our Heavenly Dad. Notice who starts us on the journey, who keeps leading us on the journey. It is our God who delights in us. I especially think it's so cool that this text came up for this particular Sunday when we have all these new members joining our church. This is a milestone moment for them. So many answers are being, or so many prayers are being answered right now. Heaven is celebrating. This is a mountaintop moment. And as amazing as this is, reality 
is becoming wise, following Jesus on the path of life, this best life ever he wants for you, that does not revolve around mountaintop moments. When the Holy Spirit brings us to faith through the gospel, we are not instantly transformed into perfect, mistake-free, always knowing what to do people, just like as a child. First, we learn how to walk. Then we learn how to run. That's exactly what Proverbs 4.12 says. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. When God makes you his own, it's not static. You want to grow. You want to walk. You want to run. To do, to do that, what do we need to do? Look at Proverbs 4.13. Hold on to instruction. Hold on to the word. Do not let it go. For it is your life. God's word gives life. God gives us the perfect space to walk and run and learn life from Him. It leads us to the best life ever. He reminds us that when the Lord is our first love, before anyone and anything else, that's life. Our God really emphasizes this. Look at Proverbs 4.20. My son, my child, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. And Why must God be at the forefront of our hearts? Proverbs 4 says this, for everything you do flows from it. Your heart is not a pool. It stays static. No, it's the wellspring of your life. What's happening there will affect everything out here. And I don't have to tell you all the detours and dangers the devil puts before you to try to knock God off the throne of your heart and to lead you away from the path of wisdom. He starts subtly. Just like spiritual growth is more a marathon than a sprint, so also spiritual darkness. First, as Proverbs 4.14 says, you set your foot on the path. You just kind of dip your toe into the path of evil, which can lead to walking in it. Which can lead to being so consumed that you lose sleep at night because you can't satisfy that craving until life is so dark that you don't even know it's making you stumble and fall. You become a fool, having no clue who you are, why you're here, and where you're going. If you're a new Christian listening to this podcast, especially as I'm thinking about the new members of our church family that are joining, I say these things not to scare you. But as your brother in Christ, just don't be surprised when you encounter more and more challenges in the days to come. See, when God changes your heart through the gospel and he makes you a part of his family, Satan, he's going to be on top of you like never before. He, he doesn't want you to have the best life ever. He wants a life of darkness for you. And so what will he do? He's going to put a bunch of attractive, enticing paths before you that promise you a better life than what Jesus can give you, but will lead you to a kind of lostness that can only be described as hell. It happens when anything but Jesus is your first love. Whatever is the first priority in your heart is ultimately will guide every life choice you make. If you think money is everything, you will choose careers that won't fulfill you but burn you out, make you feel empty, and lead you to do everything you can to keep a certain lifestyle, even if that means letting your family down, even if that means spending less time with Jesus. If kids, if your kids are your first priority, you will place your identity in their success and failure, leading either to overcorrection and helicopter parenting or being afraid to discipline lovingly. If your own personal happiness is number one in your heart, you will choose whatever it takes to keep that emotional high, even if that means tearing others down. What is the worst life ever? It's when God isn't at the center of your and my life. 
Because when God isn't at the center, the thing you want most, it'll be lost. You'll be more empty, more frustrated. You'll blame shift. You'll self-pity. feel like no one understands. Lose sanity. That is deep darkness. I know that. Because I've lived that. And so have you. That's what sin does. Sin is darkness. But this is where we see the heart of God that bleeds for you. Why in Proverbs 4 and throughout the Bible does God desperately call out to you to put him first? It's not because he's an ego-driven being who lives for self-adulation and praise. It's because he wants what's best for you. He wants to give you the best life ever. But here's the struggle. So often we have what Augustine called disordered loves. By nature, we are in deep darkness. Sin makes us stumble. So how can we walk on the path of the righteous, shining ever brighter to the full light of day, becoming more and more Jesus-like until we stand at his side in the eternal day of heaven? It's not a technique. It's not self-help. It's not willpower. We could never walk that path. God knows that. He knows that. He knew that. So what did he do? He not only walked the path for us, he himself is the path. Jesus knew we'd always stumble in trying to find identity, worth, purpose, and destiny. So look at how he responds to that need in John 14. He's in the upper room. He's about to go to the cross. He's talking with his disciples. This closeness is so readily seen. He says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Troubled, the word in Greek here, it's this feeling of uncertainty, this confusion, this uneasiness. He tells them not to be troubled. Why? Jesus says, my father's house has many rooms. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. His words can't help but hit home. But notice for the disciples, this didn't help them at first. They were still thinking, Jesus, tell us the way. Tell us how to live. Tell us how we could arrive in heaven. Tell us how we can become wise on our own. That's the root of Thomas's question in John 14. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And what does Jesus say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's the best life ever? It's Jesus. It's not about you being morally good enough. It's not about you being wise enough. It's Jesus looking at you with a smile that bursts with joy and delight. And he says, I am the way. I've done it all for you. I am your life. I know what's best for you. I won't let you down. Jesus shows the heart of God to us in a living, breathing, speaking, action-like way. He is your life. He puts you first in His order of loves. When He sees you now, through that lens of faith, He doesn't see sin, stumbler, doubter, weak, addict, self-seeking, failure, disappointed, or unlovable. He sees you as you truly are. Child of God. Free. Forgiven, loved, filled with His light. 
That's what makes baptism so breathtaking. It gives you chills. Because it's God giving life through his word, channeled through water, something we can feel a moment in time we can look back to and we feel worthless and alone to remember God has put his name on us. We're in his family. We are loved by the God of the universe who lived and died for us. He has a destiny of certainty for you. That no matter what happens to you on this side of eternity, your home will always be waiting. You know where you stand in God's heart. And when you know that, you know the best life ever. The best life ever is facing uncertainty, but knowing the Lord will make a way. The best life ever is hearing you have cancer, but having no doubt that Jesus will be at your side. The best life ever is facing depression every day, knowing your Savior gets you and he gives you a peace that overcomes even the darkest of moments. The best life ever is facing temptation and addiction, knowing nothing is stronger than your Heavenly Father who loves you. The best life ever is never wondering if you're loved. The best life ever is knowing you can't annoy God with your questions. The best life ever is not looking back or regretting your parenting, but putting it all in God's hands and knowing He has it covered. You never have to question if you're loved. His cross, your baptism, the Lord's Supper, all tell you it's true. The best life ever is waking up each day deeply thinking about the fact that you belong to Him. The best life ever that Jesus won for you is given to you. And he gave you a new heart, a heart of faith. When God in his grace gives you a new heart, a heart that seeks the Lord before anything else, that wisdom affects every part of you. But when God talks about the heart overflowing, he's not just talking about emotions. He's talking about your core, your identity in Christ. It affects how you see life. That's Proverbs 4.25. Your mouth, how you speak. Proverbs 4.24, your feet and where you go. Proverbs 4, 26 and 27, his loving words of scripture that you love dearly are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. When he's your first love, your work becomes more satisfying because you're not doing it for your boss or for your self-esteem. You're doing it in love for him. Your marriage becomes deeper because you get to show your spouse Jesus. In everything. Your parenting becomes pressure-free because you know wisdom. You know the goal to give your kids Jesus. Your retirement becomes invigorating because you have time flexibility for so many opportunities Jesus could throw your way because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life every day is filled with little moments, little steps. But each one matters to God. And each one brings you more and more into his life. Because Jesus not only knows what's best for you, he has given you what's best for you. Because you know Jesus puts you first to the point of giving his life because your value is that priceless to him. Life becomes clear. Wisdom becomes obvious. I call it the Toy Story effect. I know I brought up a Disney movie last week too. Trust me, I'm not going to get on a Disney train. But I, I was thinking about how God's love how when God is first in our hearts, it gives us this clarity. And it made me think of Toy Story. The toys knew who they belonged to. And because they could look at their feet and be reminded of that, because they knew their owner had named them, it gave them clarity of what to do. Now, in a much grander way, through faith and baptism, God 
has put his name on you. Not on your foot, on your heart. He has given you the best life ever. And all of us, no matter if you're 20, if you're 20 months old, or you're 99, all of us are just in chapter one of this story. The real story will take an eternity to be written, but it's really as simple as this. You're in the heart of Jesus. The wellspring of life promises to be with you step by step, moment by moment, as we walk in his wisdom. Amen. May the Lord continue to give you his wisdom, the wisdom that's found in the Bible. As you think about what he's done for you, how his love changed everything in your life, my prayer is that the Lord continues to mold you, continues to increase that light that he started within you until that glorious day where you see nothing but the light of Jesus all around you. Just thank you so much for listening to this. Again, I, it's a joy for me to bring the Word of God to you, and it's something I do not take for granted. And just thank you for encouraging me, even from afar, for your prayers. And may our prayer be together that the Lord continue to shine His light brightly in this world of darkness that more and more can see and experience the life that He alone can give us, the greatest life ever that can only be had through the grace of our amazing Lord Jesus. God's richest blessings, you live for Him now and always. Mm-hmm.